Born in the United States, John Werdemann studied music and art before becoming a winemaker in the country of Georgia. He started making wines to bring back an 8,000-year-old tradition of winemaking that had almost vanished in the country after years of Soviet industrialization. But for Werdemann, helping revitalize Georgian wine at his winery Pheasant's Tears was more than just about ancient grape varietals and techniques. It was also about keeping the culture of the Georgian feast, the supra, alive. It's a multi-generational extravaganza that unites food, wine, poetry, and music. John, it's so great to have you here. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for the invitation. So, John, how did this all start for you? I'm a visual artist, a painter by profession. I fell deeply in love with Georgia when I heard a recording. I was 16 years old. I bought a CD called Georgian Folk Music Today, and immediately the chords of the music just struck me very deeply. And in 1995, I was able to go to Georgia for the first time. Strangely enough, on the very first night, I was whisked away from the airport and taken to a restaurant and about 10, 15 toast deep into the feast, musicians were summoned to come in and they were the same musicians that were on the CD I bought when I was 16 years old back in Richmond, Virginia. That's amazing. So, yeah. And how did you go from there to making wine? So I came back in 1996. I needed a subject for my final painting, my, my master's project that I was working on in Moscow. And I decided to follow the grape harvest. And I went to Kaheti, which is the eastern part of Georgia, where 90% of the wine is made in the country, and visited different families and did a lot of sketches of how they were collecting the grapes and the feasts that happened afterwards. And the Georgian feast was very curious to me because... It seemed to unite multiple generations around one table, all with poetry, ancient polyphonic songs, wine, incredible culinary traditions. And that's how I first was introduced to wine. And then in 2006, everything changed. And what happened in 2006? 2006, I was painting in a vineyard, and it was a very hot, kind of dusty, late August day. And a man drove by on a tractor and called out to me, said, John, I know who you are. You don't know who I am, but you have to come to my house for dinner tonight. This man was Gela Patalashvili, who's currently my partner at Pheasant's Tears, but he had a vision. He said, too many wines were leaving Georgia that don't speak Georgian. Uh, uh, Georgia has 525 indigenous varieties, a more than 8,000-year-old tradition of making wine in clay pots called quevery. And really, in Gela's opinion, uh, Georgia didn't need to imitate the tendencies that were happening on the world market in wine. Uh, Georgia just needed to be honestly itself. And in that, someone would find value. So he invited me, and we joined hands in 2006 to launch Pheasant's Tears. And that's how it all began. The idea was simple. We would use the old method of the quevery, use only indigenous Georgian varieties, and all the grapes would be farmed organically. So tell me about the quevery. It's a terracotta vessel, kind of uh, egg-shaped. Uh -huh. But the main difference between quevery and, say, uh, Spanish or Portuguese tenajes or Greek pithos or Italian anfora is that it's buried entirely in the ground. So quevery means that which is buried below. So you're just harnessing the thermal temperature of the earth for the formation of the wine. And what do the wines taste like? I mean, I know there's a lot of different kinds of Georgian wines, but right. what are some of the things you love about Georgian wines? Strangely enough, it's a very difficult question because even though Georgia is only the size of West Virginia, the diversity in range 
and flavor of Georgian wine is almost bigger than any other wine country I know. You have uh, many different climates. You have tropical coasts on the Black Sea. There's um, highland alpine regions. There's mountains everywhere. You have sandstone in the east, uh, basalt rock in the south, slate in the north. You have uh, clay over lime rock in the west. And you add that plus many different altitudes to 525 different varieties. The texture, flavor, aroma of Georgian wine is like a rainbow. There's a huge amount of variety. But in general, we could say the maybe the most uh, strikingly exotic wines from Georgia are the so-called orange wines. We prefer to call them amber wines. But it's when you use a white grape and you throw the whole grape together, skin, stems, pips, everything, mm -hmm. into the quevery, and you leave it when it's fermenting and, and onwards with the skins and the stems. The Georgians call this leaving the wine with its mother, <laughs> and it derives all kinds of phenolic structure, uh, deep color, uh, incredible kind of depth in terms of layers. And so a lot of people are kind of shocked when they see a white wine that has tannin and body, more like a red wine, but that's the most popular wine in Georgia, and it works perfectly with their food. Um, now, Georgian wine has a particular place in Georgian culture that's bigger than just drinking wine with dinner. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. First, uh, Georgians don't have any culture of drinking without eating. So all the wines are uh, raised in order to be friendly with food. Mm -hmm. And the way Georgians eat, there's uh, many different dishes at once, which is part of the reason the orange wine works so well. It has a freshness that can go with um, salads and wild herbs and seafood, but it has a skeleton and structure that can go with meat roasted over an open fire. But it's not just about food and wine. And there's an elected tamada, uh, toastmaster, who leads the guest around the table, uh, offering various toasts. And the toasts are the, the main themes in life that matter most to all of us. It's uh, toast to family, to nature, to our beliefs. Uh, there's toasts in memory of people that have passed away, to our ancestors, to the continuation of life, to a bountiful harvest. And when the tamada, or Toastmaster, throws out a certain theme, everyone around the table is supposed to share their ideas or thoughts on that theme. So it becomes more than just dinner and wine. It becomes this philosophical conversation. Yeah, it's like, a, like the Greek symposium, basically. And there's incredibly intricate polyphonic songs that are offered that people spontaneously start to sing. There's poetry. Um, it's... It's almost like a mirror, like you're forced to look at yourself and you can't hide anywhere because you need to speak about your, your feelings for your mother, your feelings for your children, you know, why you love, you know, your wife. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting because in the Western culture, we've been taught that, you know, there's certain things that are no one's business that yeah. we just keep for ourselves. And we have this uh, little bit of icy shell of this... I don't know if it's false or not, but some sort of sense of independence, there it all melts. That's amazing. John, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you, Melissa. It's been an honor. John Werdeman is the winemaker at Pheasant's Tears. Track down some Georgian wine and get to work on this crazy good recipe from Olga Hercules' book, Mamushka. It's for garlicky Georgian poussin. You know those little Cornish game hens? So good. Find it at splendidtable.org.